Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Newsgram. I hope you're in the mood for romance because today we're going to explore forbidden love and how overcoming some of our cultural taboos surrounding it can inspire hope and even lead to world peace. Love is very powerful. Are you familiar with William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet? You probably are. It's one of the most famous tragic love stories of all time. The setting? Verona, Italy. Romeo Montague and Juliet Capulet. They meet at a party, and it is love at first sight. However, their families were sworn enemies. Despite all of that, they decide to get married in secret. Lots of things happen, and Romeo ends up killing Juliet's cousin in a fit of rage. Rather than being tried and jailed for his offense, he's simply banished from Verona. A different time, I suppose. Juliet, desperate to be with her beloved Romeo, takes a potion that was supposed to simulate her death. Now Romeo, unaware of this plan, hears the news of her death, returns to Verona, and when he sees her lying there, he takes his own life right beside her. Of course, she wasn't dead, so upon waking, she finds Romeo dead and subsequently takes her own life. A tragedy. Now, they're both fictitious characters, and the reason I'm telling you all of this is to emphasize the high cost of hatred and division. You see it in West Side Story, you saw it in Romeo and Juliet, and many other famously tragic plays and movies. The bottom line is, if the elements of hatred and shame were missing, there would be no story. And for the sake of entertainment value, that would be a real bummer. But for the sake of peace, it's another matter entirely. So if you're the kind of person that understands that love can happen across cultures, or even within different religions, and that the penalty for crossing those borders should not lead to death, but in fact, they might even lead to peace on an epic scale, then you are in the right place. Entering Stage Left, David Evans. It all happened suddenly in 1993. I read an article in The Guardian of an Indian man who hanged his son in public because he married a forbidden marriage, bringing shame to the village, bringing shame to the families. That's David Evans, author of the book Present Day Romance Tragedy, Romeo and Juliet Style. And 1993 was a pivotal time, which we'll get to in a second. And the key word really is shame, brought by the children on their parents and their society. And it leads to impossible situations for the, for the parents. As we'll see, nothing is impossible. But that article led him down the road of discovering all kinds of public deaths in the name of forbidden love. Right or wrong, in some cultures, death was an acceptable form of punishment for anyone breaking this law. You murder someone in America, and depending on the state, you could be put to death. Same thing for marrying the wrong person, if you're a member of certain cultures. I have a friend in Delhi who was interested in the same topic and sent me other newspaper clippings about similar circumstances. And this formed the basis of material that I could start a PhD thesis along the line of romance tragedy of Romeo and Juliet style. Now that brought me into contact with all the wonderful literature of different cultures about stories of Romeo and Juliet style, which are in every culture. 
And as you might expect, he compiled all the stories he found into a book, making it extremely convenient for you and I to read and learn from. The first half of the book is all about romance tragedy, about lovers who would die for each other rather than be separated. There is a particular focus on India, but there are plenty of other fascinating stories of social progress in relation to forbidden love, and these have implications for all of us. But not all the stories are tragic. Well, most are, but not this one. There's only one actually non-tragic story that I really love. That is the one of Hinamoa and Titanicai from New, New, New Zealand. And uh, Hinamoa swam at night uh, 3k across to the island where her lover lived. And they got together. And then the next morning, they didn't know if it would be intertribal warfare or not. But the chief and father gave in and they celebrated and lived happily ever after. It's a beautiful story. Tutanakai and Hinamoa met and fell in love. Now, Tutanakai was a young warrior and he had to return to his village. But while separated, the lovers agreed that every night Tutanakai would play his music and Hinamoa would let his song be her guide as she swims the 3,000-mile trek to Mokowia Island. No big deal if you're Diana Nyad. But there are wonderful stories of different cultures, and they are all exciting to read. Absolutely, but I want to close the loop on a couple of points that we brought up earlier, and one is the year 1993 regarding the situation in India. 1993 was pivotal because these stories um, came to all India attention, and they came to global attention. And that led to a social response. Um, now, before 1993, these happenings in villages would be reported possibly locally and ignored generally, and nothing would change the system. But when it came to public opinion, this led to the authorities having to do something. And in fact, the High Court um, eventually uh, favored a death penalty for perpetrators of the killing of lovers. So it's a very action-packed story ongoing. The suffering in these tragic stories is felt by people on all sides of the conflict, and it ultimately goes even deeper to the fight for the right to make our own choices. David says the slow, gradual change from violence to nonviolence to acceptance to eventually celebration is a generational change that is not only welcome, but that can inspire hope. And he also says that it's important to examine how these stories can help bring about peace. The second part of the book is about the implications for globally, for pathways of peace, with so much strife in the world at the moment, it tells you about some of the key mediators, people who win Nobel Prizes for their piecework. You can read about Nobel Prize laureates. You can read about leaders of uh, peace thinking. Uh, you can read about uh, various religious stances on peace. And it's all about a pathway to peace. But I think if there's a key, key message, it's education for peace, which would start with children. His book is called Present Day Romance Tragedy, Romeo and Juliet Style. And despite the somber theme, it's going to leave you with a message of hope for a new generation. It suggests that even through tragedy, there is potential for peace, for positive change, and for a better future for all of us. These stories are worth reading. They can be read virtually by everybody. 
uh, young and old, and uh, the conclusions are everybody has a job to do in working for peace, working out ways to solve conflicts and to work for peace on a day-to-day basis. We all have a job to do. David is doing his part by bringing these issues to our attention through books and by lecturing at peace conferences. It's a lovely chance to talk all about this and talk about the lessons from the local situation that can be learned globally and uh, be pointers uh, to how peace can be achieved. And you can't talk about peace without bringing up Gandhi and his three pillars, truth, nonviolence, and harmony. David talks about all of these in the book. And I found a great quote on the website NobelPrize.org from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I wanted to share it with you. He said, Nonviolence is a powerful and just weapon indeed. It is a weapon unique in history, which cuts without wounding and ennobles the man who wields it. Peace and love to all of you. And thank you for listening. Present Day Romance Tragedy, Romeo and Juliet Style by David Evans is available right now at all the places where you like to shop for books. And there are links in the show's description that will make that job easier for you. And that will do it for this edition of Newsgram from webtalkradio.com.